See why you want Charlotte praying for you? <laughs> Goes to battle. Yeah, but, uh, you know, okay, bringing this all to here. Demonstrates, though, that we are, why we're united as, as a team. You know, it's why we, we, we come together. I mean, with different gifts, different abilities, different times. There's, there's times when some folks are up and some are down, and that's as a team. And we, we come and pick those up that, that are down. And sometimes folks get too high, and we as a team need to pull them down uh, a little bit. But we come together as a team. We're, we, we, we wear the, the same jersey. You know, we wear the same, um, the, the same colors in, in the sense of being the, of the, the tribe of Christ. And uh, um, it's why we, one of the things we need is for why we need one another. And also, why and how we are so called to a purpose of being a part of this, this joy, of this, this community, of this loving one another for the world who needs to know that they are reconciled to God and one another. That, that our purpose, you know, God has chosen you and brought you together as a part of this, this team for the purpose of carrying His good news to the world. And, and we'll, we'll see this in, in our passage um, as to uh, that what our purpose is as the team that He has called together. Um, and the, the world around us needs us. I mean, it just, just in our community, right? I mean, the last two weeks, you know, the, the, the swastika and the racist statements over at Withrow High School. Um, did you hear about in Mason, you know, that one of the people there sent out a, a neighborhood watch for one of the neighbors because she was part of a terrorist organization. She's an a Arab woman living in the neighborhood who has no connection to any terrorist organization. And her grandfather had been wrongly accused years ago. And somebody found that and made a neighborhood flyer and passed it around the neighborhood. Um, against one of the families that uh, lives there. And so we, we, we are called to Jesus to, and to be overwhelmed, as we've been seeing, of His love so that then in joy and worship we can be sent out as His team, His ambassadors, with His message to give uh, to others. And, and that's what we're going to um, talk about um, today. Our passage is in um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's on 940 in your pew Bible. And, uh, um, or you can uh, follow along on the screen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, I thank you for your word. Thank you as it speaks to us of your truth, um, uh, of the, the, the good news of your love and your grace and your mercy and the opportunity that we have together to be um, really uh, ambassadors, witnesses, of that good news. So speak to us through your word. Help us see the ways that you have uh, gifted us and called us um, together. Encourage us. Um, uh, empower us. Um, change us um, to be ambassadors of that love. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, uh, um, it's a long passage, so hang with me. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 16 of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 and go through about the middle of, verse, uh, of, ch- of chapter 6. And this is uh, from the, the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to the church in Corinth. So this is a word to, to the church. From now on, therefore, 
We regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know Him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making His appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. As we work together with Him, we urge you also not to accept the grace of God in vain. For He says, At an acceptable time I have listened to you, and on a day of salvation I have helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. See, now is the day of salvation. We are putting no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we have commended ourselves in every way through great endurance in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech, and the power of God. With the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left, in honor and dishonor, in ill repute and good repute. We are treated as impostors and yet are true, as unknown and yet are well known, as dying and see we are alive, as punished and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing everything. We've spoken frankly to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open to you. There is no restriction in our affections, but only in yours. In return, I speak as to children. Open wide your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so the, the first um, the thing that Paul is, is telling the church in Corinth is that you're part of a new team. You're, you're part of, of Christ's team. We, we are united as one because we are all in Christ. And that's the, the new creation that He makes in us. That he, that he tells us every one of us are made new in Christ. And so now we don't see each other like the world sees one another. We see each other like God sees one another. The spiritual reality that is caused by the, the change in you and in me by being reconciled to God, by having this, His Spirit live in us, by being clothed in Christ, now filters all of our vision of one another and of the whole world. We see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're reconciled to God and reconciled with one another. There is no competition among us, but only teamwork for one another to the glory of God. There is no sense of nationality against nationality or race against race or um, poor against uh, rich. 
but all one in Jesus. We, we, we see the world outside the church like God does. With, with, with a heart for the brokenness of the world. We see one another in the church as God does. As fellow children of God. The ones that God loves. The ones that God chooses. So we're part of a new team. A new team in the power of Jesus. And it is an act of the evil one against the very purpose of God when we divide from one another according to any worldly reason. It is a sin and a denial of the new creation. That's how powerful the love of God is. See, the the church is for those whom God loves and not whom I like or you like. I think purposefully that God brings people into the church for me and for you and for one another that we don't like because, so that we can grow in sanctification. So that we can, we can grow in our own capacity of love like God does. To show the world just how powerful the gospel is. Just how powerful the love of Jesus, just how powerful this new creation that he's saying that now we no longer view one another according to political means, according to political commitments. We we no longer view one another according to to ethnicity, according to, to background. That is not what drives us. When we are in the church, we are one and we don't see like the world sees. We see one another like God does. The church is for those whom God loves and has chosen. Praise the Lord. That's why I'm here. But it's not for whom I like or whom you like or who I agree with or you agree with. It's for whom God loves and has chosen. That's the power of the new creation. Now, we're a new team then, but we're with a new purpose. Um, Pick up in verse uh, 18 there. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Twice He makes that point to us that now you're a new team that's been called together for, for God um, for this purpose. To, to, be, to, to be ambassadors for Christ. To, to, to carry out this, this ministry, this, this service of reconciliation. You see, it's a, it's a group project that we're on together. If you thought you know, that you were saved, that you were chosen by God and loved by God just so that you would be um, uh, happy or that you'd have your ticket punched for heaven, sorry, that, that's an incomplete gospel. It's an incomplete message. He has chosen you. He's chosen you. He's chosen us and brought us together to be a part of this new team with this new purpose of the best news the world has ever heard so that they too will fall in love with Jesus, knowing that He has fallen in love with them and has died for them. Now, it's, it's, it's crucial to see that we're, we're part of a team here, that we're, we're part of a team with one another. It's possible that we have to recognize that for the sake of the, the bad witness it can be 
when we fall, when we sin publicly. Yeah, I mean, just I, I just I know that's a responsibility that I feel particularly that uh, folks, uh, other pastors, other folks on staff, that deacons and elders that feel you just know that if you do something publicly that's wrong, what's going to happen? It, it's going to be somewhere in the new Drew Smith, pastor of College Presbyterian Church, College Hill Presbyterian Church. And what will that do to the message? I mean, that is part of just the reality of the world, but why we're a team with this. Why it's not just us, but it's, it's Christians around the, the city, around the world. We're a team with this new purpose. But, all right, so that's the bad news. Here's the good news, though. You know, that, that we're a team with this purpose positively also. You, you know, I was reminded of a conversation that I had. I got the chance to meet a woman. I've shared with you this story before, so um, a lot of you will remember it perfectly, I'm sure. Um, Miss, Miss Miyato. Miss Miyato, um, got to meet her with uh, uh, the class that I'm, I'm taking in Chicago a couple summers ago at the Japanese American Cultural Center. Miss Miyato's in her uh, 70s, and uh, she was in grade school, middle school in the 40s here in the United States. She's third generation um, Japanese American. Her grandfather had come to the United States and started a boat building um, uh, business um, off the, the coast of L, right there in, in Los Angeles. And she uh, and the business had, had grown and her father had taken over it and it was really um, quite successful business. And then in the, the 40s, our nation decided that all Japanese were dangerous. And we had internment camps where if you were Japanese, you were taken to those internment camps. Now, a little sideline here, just around the issues of our day of how dangerous it is when with a broad brush we say anybody, according to this nationality, is dangerous. But that's what we did. It wasn't our finest hour. And her family was removed, was given three days to gather all that they could, put in what they could, then removed, put on trains, taken to an internment camp in Arizona where they lived for two to three years. She actually lived there two years till she went to college. See, the world can say we're going to look at people according to how the world looks at them. The church doesn't have that option. We say we're going to see people like God does. And we're going to refuse to broad brush anybody according to background, race, economics, or education. Here's the good news. I asked Miss Miyato, she was telling me that story after the end of the story. I asked her, well, Miss Miyato, you know, what's, what's your religious background? She knew we were from the seminary. Yeah, I didn't know. I couldn't, couldn't tell. You know, is she Buddhist? Is she just from some, uh, maybe doesn't have one? But she looked at me and she said, 
I'm Southern Baptist, honey. And I'm like, well, what's Southern Japan? I mean, what's that story on that one? She said, well, they were the people that loved us as we had to totally uproot out of our home, lost our business, never got it back, and were taken to these camps. They were the ones that loved us while we were there, that came to visit us, that fed us and supported us. And then she eventually went to a Christian college in in New York, and uh, the family was eventually relocated to Chicago. Now that's the team I want to be on, right? That's, that's the team of people who are ambassadors of a radical reconciliation that makes us one with God and one another and destroys all the divisions of this world. That's the team that I'm proud to hold lock arms with and demonstrate and share the good news of God's love. That's the team that we're about. God has entrusted us. This is what we're told. God has entrusted us with this message. It is through us, it is through us that this message now goes to the world for the glory of Christ. It is on behalf of Christ, the one that we love, the one that we adore, the one who died for us, the one who took sin. I love this the verse 21. It's probably my favorite synopsis of the good news, of the essence of the, the, the atonement, of, of what Jesus did for us. That he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's why we confess every time that we gather. We confess, as, as Kenan was saying, we confess our depth so that we see just how far God's love goes. As far as honest as we are with our own brokenness, His love goes even further. And so because of that reality, because what that, that reconciliation that was, was... Reconciliation means to exchange what is hateful for what is loving. You know, to, to exchange that which separates us for that which unites us. And so we are that team who's been entrusted with that message to give to the world. We're a new team with an eternal purpose. And therefore, we work together with God for God's glory. Um, Just the uh, end of the passage there. As, as we then work together um, for God's glory, as we, we work through whatever the, the pain is, whatever the struggle is, whatever the opposition is, Paul makes it clear uh, there in, in verse 3, as ambassadors and as servants, we put no obstacle in anyone's way. We put no, I mean, this is such a significant message, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. And then he goes on just to list opposition after opposition, pain after pain, struggle after struggle, but none of that stops us because we're united as a new team with a new purpose with eternal consequences. One of the 
One of the simple ways that we do that as a church is that we are focusing on guests. When, when we gather on, on Sunday morning and um, Pastor Dennis is pulling together ambassadors and servants in, in our first impressions ministry, he's saying that folks that, that enter in for the first time, man, we don't want to put any obstacle in their way. We want to be practical about it. No obstacle. Well, you know, if you enter into the atrium, you enter into the atrium, there are seven different sets of doors in the atrium. Go into five different buildings. Ministry Center, Sanctuary, down Main Street into Barnabas Center, and then into Fellowship Hall. Or if you go out these doors over here, then there's the Counseling Center, which we used to call the White House, but everybody who's been here knows it's the White House, even though it's not white anymore. Yeah, so we, we're saying, all right, so how do we put, get rid of all those obstacles? How do we put people there who not only can tell people where they need to go, but we'll take them there? Because we don't want, I mean, this is as is, is silly as it seems. This is heaven and hell kind of stuff. This might be for somebody coming in the first time they've heard that Jesus loves them so much that he died for them and that they can be reconciled to God. So if, if that's something, that ministry, that part of being an ambassador, something that you're fired up for as well, come see Pastor Dennis. We're pulling it all together to be able to get rid of all the obstacles. Part of the, the issue is, is what is called, and it's common in, in, in churches, especially churches that are old or in the sense of over 40 years old, is that you start to get a, the family church problem. That we're a family, man. We love, and we've grown. We've grown. We've become united, and we love one another and care for one another. But, you know, families are really hard to break into from the outside. I mean, you know, you've you got to marry to get in and somehow, you know. And, and so there, there's ways that we have to address that problem because we're ambassadors of good news. And we want to get every obstacle out of the way. I mean, that's what, you know, think about it. That, that is what Jesus said, you know, when one of the times that he called folk, people to come follow him. He said, come, follow me, and I will make you happy. I will make you comfortable. Um, I will make you rich. I'll make you poor. Um, come to me, and I will make you have curly hair. Um, come to me, I will make you have straight hair. Come to me, I will make you have hair. Now, he didn't say, what did he say? Come to me and I will make you fishers of men and women. That's what he said. See, so it's, it's part of the, it, it's what he is calling us to. It's what he died. He said, I'm going to die in this, this group. I'm going to choose a group to come and love me. And they're going to be fishers of people. They're, they're now sent out as ambassadors and servants as part of this team. We want to have the same ratio that Jesus talked about in that parable about the sheep and the shepherd. You remember that one where he, he said, you know, there's a shepherd that had 100 sheep. And 99 of them were, in, were, were here, but one of them was lost. And what did the shepherd He left the 99 to go find the one. It's a 99 to 1 ratio. As a church, 
as a team, as a people that are following Jesus, we want to have the same ratio that Jesus had. Because this is a message with eternal consequences. And we're now, we, we've been qualified, gifted, and called to be servants and ambassadors of this, this good news. All right, so, um, well, what do you want us to do then, Pastor? Thanks for asking. Good question. <laughs> One is just recognizing the, the, the change in our mindset that when that, that God has called us to be um, followers of, of Jesus for the sake of the world, that it's not about you or me, and that, that our, our attention, our mindset, our focus has to recognize that calling. So one is just be prayerfully considerate and asking God to make that change within us. Another is just to be prepared and, and ready. You know, what is, what's a, a story in, in your own life of how God is transforming you? Of how you experienced God's love this week? You know, last week or maybe last month, but not last decade. Not, not your conversion story, but there's just a story of how is God, how do you love, how do you experience God's love today? You know what? Just to be ready. Be in tune with what God is doing in your life so that you're ready to share that with others. And then finally, the last thing is to, to pray for boldness. I mean, I fully recognize how uncomfortable it can be to, talk, to mention this, just say, maybe you just need to practice saying Jesus out loud outside of the, the worship service with nobody around. You know, but that can be uncomfortable to, to speak of just how good Jesus is, but just to be thinking about naturally, how is Jesus real to you? And be ready to share that. And finally, to pray for boldness. Um, I, I love the, the, the events of, this is part of our team that was a long time ago. Um, our, our team at the very beginning in Acts chapter 4 where the, the, the Peter and John had gone out and man, they were um, proclaiming the good news and the, the authorities arrested them, brought them into jail, right? And, and they brought them into jail and then told them, don't do that anymore. The consequences will be greater. Then they released them. And when they came in um, to, uh, the, uh, um, to, the, to the church, the church heard the story, and they, you, you, know, you can see they'd be scared. They'd be worried. They'd be upset, right? But, and they prayed. And you would think, I, you know, if I'm in their case, I'm going to pray for protection. I'm going to pray for deliverance. And, and maybe they did, but that's not what the story says. It's not what the scriptures say. What did they pray for? They prayed for boldness in the face of that opposition. They prayed for boldness so that they would, because they captured the sense that they were ambassadors and servants of this good news and they didn't want anything to mess up what God had called them and was sending them out to do. So what I'm asking you to do is pray for boldness. Just just pray for boldness uh, that you would share and live the good news of Jesus with others and be looking, listening for ways that He has folks cross your path with that good news so that you can be an ambassador and a servant that we as a team. So be, be prayerful to recognize right, this is our calling. Be in tune. What's one, what's one story of what God is doing in my life? And Lord, help 
me be bold and true to what, as an ambassador and a servant to this good news. Let's pray. Almighty God, we ask that you'll make us bold, that you will um, continue to, to, to pour into us, to, to, to show us the, your calling upon us as ambassadors, as in servants of, the, of this good news, that, that we have great news to, to share with others. And, and Lord, we, we know that it is a work of the evil one that silences us, whether if it's through vocal cords or whether it's just through our own fear. Work in us, not, not only in, in us as, as a church, but in the church in this city, in the church in this nation, and your church around the world. We want to be your ambassadors. We look forward to being your ambassadors and your servants as we have experienced your forgiveness and your love. Help us to, to share it with others, to be united on that journey with one another and with the the church across the city and across the country. Thank you for those that have gone before us, whether it was thousands of years ago or 60 years ago. Continue to, to show us, strengthen us, and lead us. And Almighty God, we, we pray as well that you'll continue to unite us as that family. But it would be a, a, a family like no, under, no other that, that welcomes and invites and encourages others to, to join with us. And so, Lord, we, we lift up one another to you in the midst of the, the needs of our, our community and the, the needs of, of, of uh, each other. We pray particularly for Tom Osborne who is being moved to, to hospice um, today. And Lord, we, we pray for your, your miraculous healing, that you would reverse all that is shutting down in his body. We lift up um, to you as well uh, Grace Fisher, who also was transferred into hospice. And Lord, we lift up um, uh, Andy Smith, uh, my father, who is being transferred into hospice this week. Lord, we, we pray in, in each one your, your healing, your, your power, your grace, your mercy, your peace, and your comfort for each of those families. And Lord, we, we also give you thanks. We thank you that Lee Alexander was released from the hospital and is, is uh, back doing, doing well. And we give you praise for your power, your strength, your healing hand upon him. For others, Lord, in need of your healing touch, we lift them um, up to you, uh, that you, you hear the cries of our heart. We pray for those in need of your healing touch, our friends, our families, and our enemies. And we pray that you would make us, continue to make us your ambassadors for your good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.